This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Necessary Roughness with former NFL lineman TJ Lang and John Jansen. Well, welcome into our brand new podcast, episode number one of Necessary Roughness with Lang and Jansen. Just a, a little background on who we are. TJ Lang uh, is my partner. I'm John Jansen. TJ played 10 years in the NFL, eight in Green Bay, two in Detroit. Has a Super Bowl championship ring, and it's, mm. I'm I'm very jealous uh, of the the of the Super Bowl ring. I almost said national championship because that's what I have. It's uh, it's the smaller version of of what yeah, TJ it's has. About Thirteen years apart though, too. You know, it is. Jewelry it is. came a long way in the 2000s, there, John. Yes, uh, <laughs> and I, as I mentioned, I'm John Jansen. I played a dozen years in the NFL, ten in uh, Washington. Now called the Washington Football Team. We can't say the other name. Uh, and I finished up two in here in Detroit. Uh, TJ and I are both from the Detroit area. Mm. I went to Clawson High School, and uh, TJ is a uh, uh, alma mater. Is uh, brother Rice Birmingham, brother Rice. Yeah. So TJ, Warriors, baby, welcome, man. We're, we're gonna have some fun this year, aren't we? I hope so. We're 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 going to try and make the best. Obviously, we're locally here in Detroit. And TJ, I forgot to mention as well, does the sideline reporting for the Detroit Lions, and hopefully, we can have some fun with with as much as we possibly can. Because so far through two games, there hasn't been a lot of fun, at least in the results. Right, but you know what? I mean. <clears throat> Did anybody really expect them to be anything other than 0-2? No. You know, and I know that it's, listen, it's NFL. Obviously, it's very competitive when you speak about the Lions. But uh, when the schedule came out, you're like, okay, San Fran, yeah, perennial playoff team when they're healthy, yeah. Green Bay, yeah, okay, okay <laughs> two straight NFC championship games. Okay, let's just try to play well. But obviously, yeah, it's, you know. It's got a. It's the expectations. I feel like for the first time in a long time in Detroit, are realistic. You know, sometimes when you get a new coach, new you know players, front office, it's like, oh yeah, hell yeah, we're going. You know, super. Yeah. Everybody in Detroit has really tempered their expectations and given this team a chance to at least define who they are and build who they are. And it's just good. They, listen, man. It's it's. I know people don't like the word rebuild. It's it, there's going to be some fun moments, but there's going to be a lot of lumps as well. And they've obviously taken some, you know, last couple of weeks. It, they have taken some lumps, obviously losing to San Francisco. But in that game, you saw a second half and more importantly, a fourth quarter. And there's a lot that we can get into about, you know, how they were able to make that comeback. But it was exciting. It gave the fans something to cheer about, something to, to get behind. And then obviously Monday night, uh, a very tough game for you. Um, both of your uh, teams, Green Bay and Detroit, facing off on Monday night. But Detroit goes into halftime up 17-14, which nobody 
thought was possible. Yeah, my two teams on my birthday for the second straight year. Thanks, NFL. <laughs> That's awesome. Really putting me in a bind there. But uh, it's, I mean, there's been a, I know that, you know, both games, when you look at the score, have been out of hand, and the San Francisco game made it look yeah, maybe a little bit closer than what it was. That was out of hand for a long time. Mm-hmm. But there's been stretches in both of those games, like you said, that have been just extremely encouraging. You know, the first half against Green Bay, going out, taking the ball, punching them in the mouth, putting up seven points on your first possession, uh, letting you know your opponent know, hey, we don't give a that we're you know twelve point underdogs. We're going to let you know that you guys are in, a, in for a battle today. I thought that was obviously encouraging. Uh, the question is, just I guess, how do you find consistency? Right, one good half of football against uh, the the Packers, and then really one good quarter, I guess, of, of play against San Francisco there in the fourth quarter. How do you find that consistency? They're a young team, you know. They've got a really young secondary with a couple. You know, really bad injury so far through two weeks with Melifonwu and with Jeff Okuda. But where do you find that consistency? That's the hardest part about being not only a good player in this league, but a good team in this league is you know you're going to take some lumps. You know there's going to be adversity. But how do you find that consistency? That's the battle that I think they're facing right now. Well, let's start from the top down because this offseason you've got a new GM, you've got a new head coach, you've got you know new coaching staff, then you know they all start to put the plans in place, and they basically admit, whether they want to publicly or not, that this is a rebuild. And it was signified, I think, by by ownership giving Brad Holmes and Matt Campbell six year yeah deals. the long contracts yeah. So they know that it's a complete rebuild, and it's going to take two, three. I don't want to say four, but it's going to take a number of years mm-hmm. before they get to respectability and where they're competing for either a wild card spot, a playoff spot, a division championship, whatever you want to talk about uh, as the landmark for you know success. And honestly, it's just a playoff win here in Detroit. Right. Um, but then you look at the trade that's made. They send Matt Stafford out to, to L.A. They get Jared Goff and two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. And I, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. Your thoughts on the rebuild and how they're going about it. How is it different than anything that you've seen in your, one in your time in the NFL, but especially with your involvement with the Detroit Lions and following it here basically your entire life? Well, I guess when you talk about you know the origin of the rebuild, everybody just realized how it's so it's so crazy how fast you can go from being a competitive team to three years later having to start all over. And by that, I mean my first year in Detroit, 2017, we were nine and seven football team. You know, we lost a game on the last inch, you know, golden taken tackled by Atlanta, not scoring. That's 10 wins. Okay. Cincinnati beat us by a field goal. Pittsburgh beat us by two points. You look back, you reflect at the end of the season and say, damn man, like you know, we could have, okay. Obviously there's a couple wins in there too, but man, 10 wins was right there. 11 wins was right there. And then you look at this team last year, you know, when Patricia was here, and you're saying it's they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody to build off of. Like, it's just so fast how how it changes. Um, but that, that, that kind of leads me back, I guess, to the expectations. You know, Brad Holmes comes in, Dan Campbell comes in, he'd come in, and they, they get these long contracts, which lets you know that, um, you know, it's going to take some time. But rebuilds right now in the NFL can be expedited by a year or two if you get a couple 
just dynamic players in here. And I obviously know that, um, you know, like they're drafting Panay Sewell in the first round. Yep. Okay, that's an offensive lineman. That's not flashy. But you know what that is? That's building your offense. And you take a look at their offensive line now, obviously Taylor Decker still being out. Those guys have been the most consistent position group on this team okay that's a hell of a place to start so maybe next year it's okay all we need is a receiver maybe all we need is this instead of looking at it last year saying we don't have this we don't have this well you know there's a checklist of uh, stuff that you don't have um all it takes sometimes is one player that you bring in for free agents around the league to say oh look at that guy over there in detroit i want to go play with him you know and Peninsula could be that type of guy. You know, I know it's not a flashy pick, but uh, if they end up finding that guy at some point, maybe next year on the defensive side where other guys are saying, I want to go play with him, you can cut a year or two off that rebuild, man. And and hopefully time will obviously tell on that. But um, it's been, I mean, look at where the Cleveland Browns were four years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, look at where they were three years ago. Look at them now. And it started with them really building the offensive line, going out and getting uh, a couple guys, drafting um, you know, left tackle from Alabama, like Jedrick Wills, yeah. right, and going and signing, um, you know, J.C. Treader and to Wyatt Teller. Like, they just built that offensive line, and it wasn't pretty for a year. And then they got the quarterback, obviously. But that team, I mean, I don't know. They're probably considered a, a really good uh, competitive playoff team at least through two weeks in the AFC certainly um, and and I'll ask you this uh, because we do want to talk more than just what's going on here in Detroit since you brought up Cleveland I've I've always said they're the AFC version of the Lions and if because they've you know they even lost their franchise it's something Detroit hasn't had to deal with yeah, they even lost their so much <laughs> failure throughout the years <laughs> um, but Baker Mayfield you've got this offensive line that you just described you've got two Really good running backs. Mm-hmm. You've got a stable of receivers. So offensively, they're one of the most dynamic offenses or should be one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL. Now, week one, you know, the the, the wheels came off a little bit, but that's because they were playing against Patrick Mahomes in right. Kansas City. Um, but Baker Mayfield, do you think Baker Mayfield is a franchise quarterback? Is he going to be a guy that they can continue to – build that team around offensively they should be set now they're gonna have to redo some contracts but right. defensively and God, defensively they're getting after the pass yeah they are i mean that start that kind of leads me back to the last point miles garrett okay you go draft him number one overall now other guys are on the league saying yeah i want to go play with miles garrett. look at that guy <laughs> yeah. coming off the edge you know that's they're building something there but uh, as far as baker yeah i mean he, is he a dynamic type player no he's not a patrick mahomes he's not uh you know a josh allen type of player but can he win you a lot of games? Yes, he can. And is there potential in that team uh, to kind of take over the AFC? I don't know, maybe this year, but if they keep building, maybe in the next two years, depending on contract situations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it obviously plays a big part. But, yeah, I can see him doing that. And it really it starts – their offense is – is so stable, right? And we haven't seen Odell Beckham play yet this year, and Landry's going to miss some time now, but – like that, like yeah, I think it seemed like five years ago. If you didn't have a top three or four quarterback, like you were done. You know, yep. you had no chance. Now, you look at Tom Brady. I mean, can Baker Mayfield play with the, to the same productivity that Tom Brady can? I, I think he can. Yeah, it's not it, Tom Brady of old, but Tom Brady's still playing good. But he's a pocket passer. I mean, 
Baker Mayfield, obviously, yeah, I think he could continue to grow and definitely be that type of guy. So then I'll I'll turn it around on you because if the Lions are going that path and they're building the offensive line, uh, they obviously drafted two guys up front defensively as well in Aleem McNeil and uh, uh, Levi Onzerike. If they're building up front and they're going to put things together much like the Cleveland Browns did, mm-hmm. Is can Jared Goff be that guy? Potentially, yeah, potentially. And I think that uh, his play throughout the first couple weeks has been encouraging at times. Mm-hmm. Um, the The San Francisco game was weird to me. It, it was almost the first quarter, the first half. It was almost a little bit PTSD. Uh, with golf by that meaning he's played against san francisco so much in his career he's probably taken so many shots from those yeah, guys he's gotten here a whole okay a times. taylor decker's out penny sewell's been playing left tackle for three days we've got matt nelson at right tackle who's a defensive lineman two years ago uh-huh. but there's a lot of factors that kind of go into your psyche i guess uh so the first half of that game was really weird it was like the ball was coming out so fast he wasn't comfortable but when you look at it, he had all the time in the world. The offensive line was playing really well. And he started to figure that out in the second half. And that's why, you know, the last – I know the game was out of hand, but that's why the last fourth quarter at least, you saw a lot of encouraging things from Jared Goff once he started to get comfortable. And he parlayed that right into the first half against Green Bay Packers. I mean, he was extending plays – uh, he was being creative. He was doing all these things that kind of make you sit back and say, yeah, well, what, what the hell's wrong? Well, you know, why can't we win with mm-hmm. this guy? Obviously, the game, you know, once again got out of hand. And it spirals, man. It's When you when you watch the film as a player and you lose 35-17, it feels so much worse than what it was. When you get in that meeting room the next day <laughs> and you're saying, you know, I missed that throw on fourth and one that could have given us the lead there back in the third quarter. You know, damn, they go down and score again, and I fumble the exchange on the first. You know, that's all it takes sometimes is two plays in the NFL for it to be a close game and a blowout. And I think that, uh, yeah, you start limiting those mistakes a little bit. This isn't a Lions team right now that has a big margin for error, and I think even Coach Campbell mentioned that. Um, they've, you know, they've got to play just really good, solid football. Jared Goff has shown – that he's capable of doing that. He's just got to start putting it together. And and it might not be this year, John. It might be next year, right? Might, maybe the way he plays the rest of this year, they say, okay, we got something for him. But you also look at what does he have to work with on the outside. There's really mm-hmm. not any receivers that have you know established themselves as being playmakers or number one guys. You can't win a whole lot of games targeting your tight end yeah. 12, 15 times a game. But, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, definitely encouraging in, you know, pretty big spurts so far in the first two quarters or uh, two get two games of the season that, yeah, I mean, I think this is a guy you can win with. Um, you know, so if you can win with them and they're building in the trenches, they're building up front with that offensive line and, um, you know, Will, I'm going to put a, a pin in the conversation of what happens with Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell when Taylor Decker's healthy. That'll be fun to watch. It's going <laughs> to be really interesting. And, and, and we've talked about it before, and, and I'm just going to touch on it quick. 
you know, making that change from, from left to right or right to left, uh, because I was on the right side, I was a right tackle and I had to play my final year uh, as a, as basically backing up all five positions, but I got into a game at left guard. And I, I don't know if at, at that point, having played in, in one position on one side for what, 16 years, um, you know, throughout my time in college as well, trying to put my other hand in the dirt and step with a different foot. It was, it was awful. And yeah. the results pretty much showed that it was awful. Um, but, you know, when he comes back, do you keep them both on the left and you have yourself maybe one of the best left sides in in the NFL because you, you put one of those guys at guard, you put one at tackle, mm-hmm. or do you put, you know, Penny Sewell back at right tackle? Um, but when that question comes up, We'll discuss it at that time, yeah. but we're talking about building the offensive line, building in the trenches. They drafted the the, the two defensive linemen. They got Michael Brockers, mm-hmm. um, who I think was a great add in the offseason just to show those guys as a 10-year vet how they're supposed to prepare for games, yeah. how they watch film, how they go about doing things um, to be a pro yeah. and to continue to get better. And he played much better against Green Bay than he did in San Francisco. San Francisco, I know he's a veteran guy, but... Oh, he missed the whole preseason. He didn't play any preseason games. He didn't practice a whole lot. Week one was kind of like, okay, what's going on? Week two, he, he played a lot better in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy that he's doing what they hope he can do. You know? So he plays better in week two. And Jared Goff, as you mentioned, was kind of feeling things out in the first half of that San Francisco game. I know that, that, that times have changed with salary cap, with free agency, with the off-season programs. You know, there's only three preseason games, 17 regular season games. You don't want to get anybody hurt, but would they have been benefited by having more of the starters play in the preseason? I don't know where you stand on that. I'm probably more of the old-school mindset where those guys got to play more so that yeah. you don't get into week one and you're feeling things out. You don't have that PTSD. And I know part of that was because he was playing against a team he'd played against every, you know, yeah. twice a year since he's been in the NFL. But, you know, if, if you don't have that warm up half, maybe that San Francisco game goes a little bit differently, at least early on. Not that it, that it, that it caused the loss, but if you don't get down so much in the first half, because you're feeling things out, things might have gone a little bit better. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, especially when you consider all the new players, new coaching staff, uh, new scheme. You have to build chemistry in this league, man. And you and it's you can do as much as possible throughout practice and the meeting rooms, but when you step on that field and it's game time, it ain't the same thing. No. You know, the energy's different, the adrenaline's different. You know, some guys. Yeah, it's just different. And they had the one, really the one series, you know, in the preseason, the offense where they played, you know, they had whatever that 18 play drive was against, uh, who was it against Buffalo? I think it was. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's, you know what? That's always kind of been the fine line of preseason football. Okay. How much do we weigh? We need the experience and we need to build the chemistry versus. Do we want to risk losing anybody? But you look at the teams. I mean, Patrick Mahomes played a lot this preseason. Tom, Tom Brady played yeah. a lot this preseason. Aaron Rodgers didn't play at all this preseason. They go out week one and lay a stinker. So I think, yeah, there's definitely – I don't know what the exact formula is, but I would say if you're a young team with new coaches, you have to take advantage of every rep, every game rep possible. You just There's just so many things you can't simulate – in a pra- on a practice field or in a meeting room. And so, yeah, maybe that was 
maybe that was part of it in San Francisco where, okay, haven't been hit in a while, you know, haven't done this in a while, haven't, you know, had to go back out for two series in a while. Um, those things just take time to kind of hit you, hit your memory. And before you start feeling comfortable, I know it did with me, you know, with the games where the seasons where I would play in the preseason, you're rolling into week one with some confidence, yeah. right? The, the seasons that maybe I was injured, you know, coming off of surgery where I didn't, I didn't play in the preseason week one, you're kind of like, yeah, oh, do I still got it? You know, like you don't have that confidence from the preseason snap. So yeah, that that definitely could have played a factor of week one. And and they're playing against the team as we talk about injuries in the preseason. That uh, Baltimore this coming weekend that was in the backfield devastated with yeah. injuries. Yet they continue to be able to rush the football. Now a lot of that is just the fact that it's Lamar Jackson, right? Um, but they're a team that runs the ball. Is there any chance because you know uh, the the Lions? Where they really struggled defensively is in the secondary. Right up front, um, they're they're a team that's at least physical. Um, at times, they've been able to be stout against the run. Yep. Is this a chance for them, knowing that you've got to make Baltimore one dimensional? You've got to try and take away the run game to make Lamar Jackson throw the ball. That they've got a chance defensively to look better. Well, I don't. <laughs> you don't want to say they couldn't be much worse, but <laughs> you know, last week there were stretches of defensive ball that were like, "Wow, okay, that yeah. is completely different than what we saw in week one." They're covering people, they're tackling people, they're attacking the football, they're pursuing, they're finishing. You know, uh, they were encouraging strides for sure. But yeah, the question is, you know, I don't see a lot of. You look at the the, the, the Detroit Lions, especially the front seven. Um, everything you just mentioned, those guys play their ass off. They play hard. They play tough. Uh, you know, they're not getting pushed around easily, right? Mm-hmm. But the one thing when you play a quarterback like Lamar Jackson is if you don't have the athletes, you know, you're going to get exposed. So who are the – have there really been any guys on the Detroit front seven that are like, okay, this guy flies to the ball, man. He's a, yeah. you know, lightning speed dude. Um, a lot of the guys are just kind of big, just almost old school brawler type guys, you know. So that's a little bit worrisome. And I know uh, Coach Campbell mentioned, hey, when you play a team like this that's got a running quarterback, yeah, a lot of it's on your front seven to, you know, shut down the run. But, you know, a lot of it's safety play too, making sure that, okay, Lamar Jackson, yes, he's going to get outside the pocket. If you're a safety last line of defense guy, you have to tackle. And yep. we, you know, Tracy Walker made some really nice plays against Green Bay. Uh, Will Harris was better in Green Bay, uh, but there were some concerning things there in you know week one that were like, ah, boy, like this safety position, man. So that that's if they're going to play well and have a chance to stop the rushing attack of uh, you know Baltimore, it's got to come down really to the middle of that defense in the in the interior, including the inside linebackers, yeah. and those safeties are going to have to play their ass off. And we're hoping to see a little bit more of Derek Barnes. Yeah. I know that uh, Dan talked about you know Alex Anzalone and you know ten tackle lead the, led the team in tackles. Right. He plays hard. He, you yeah. know, we all we've all seen those guys right that no, when every time they step on the field they're going to play balls right. out yeah. and that's just High what they do. Guys, yeah. yeah, but they don't have the speed to keep up with a Lamar Jackson. And now, granted, not many linebackers do. Right. Does Derek Tampa's Barnes, got a couple, but those guys are anomalous. That's why they're, that's why they're defending world champs, yeah. <laughs> and, and they got everybody back. Um, but does does Derek Barnes one does he deserve a chance? And you know, does did Alex Anzalone not do enough to 
to say, hey, we need to we need to move on because we're only two games in. <sighs> yeah, to answer the last the latter question, I think if Derek Barnes sees the field, I don't think it's going to be an Alex Anzalone spot. I think it might be. You know, let's see what he can do because Jamie Collins has been a guy that he plays tough, he plays hard. I mean, he pops you. He's got yeah. some power behind it, but he hasn't made a lot of plays through two weeks, and he has really kind of turned into. You know, you don't want to throw guys under the bus, but he is he has not been good in pass coverage. I mean, he just kind of looks lost out there at times. And uh, last week, you know, he's on a bad matchup on one of the touchdowns. Darren Jones mm-hmm. out in the flat, he just had no chance. But uh, if if Derek Barnes does play more, I and you got to remember too, Anzalone's a Saints guy, right? He's a Dan yeah. Campbell dude, and he mm-hmm. was here because those guys they're those familiar guys know with each him. other. And he wears the yeah. captain's patch on his chest too. I don't know if that would be a good look <laughs> taking one Bench of the captains captain. off the field yeah. after two weeks. But um, Derek Barnes, listen, what I saw in preseason, yes, he deserves a chance to play. Yeah. Now, with that being said, we don't know what goes on at the practice field. We don't know what goes on in the meeting rooms, right? This guy could be. Okay, he had a really couple really nice uh, flashes in in the preseason. He was really kind of showed himself to be a stout tackler. A lot of that was coming against backups, um, but it was encouraging. Now, if the coaches feel like he's ready, if he's doing all the right things at practice, you know, he's dialed in in the meeting rooms, and he's just kind of, you know, just waiting for his chance. Yeah, actually throw him in there. If he's a guy, I, we've both played with guys, John, that show, warriors, show yeah. once in a while, and then. You know, you look at them in the meeting rooms, and they're and they're, you know they're not working hard at practice. You know, that's when you got to earn your time. That's when coaches want to see you perform. Or you have guys like we said that are just you know practiced team all Americans, mm-hmm. and you put them in a game, and it's like, oh, but yeah, absolutely. I think just through two games, I don't know if you make him the starter. I'd like to see him on the field though, because he was actually. He not only he was really good in pass coverage in the preseason, really good. He was one of the top ranked, uh, you know, rookie linebackers uh, throughout the whole all all three games in pass coverage, and that's that's an area that's really kind of bitten the lines in the ass so far as those plays across the middle of the field mm-hmm. where they're just not getting the coverage on guys. So yeah, I mean, listen, man, I would love to see it. who wouldn't though. Yeah, it's, it's easy to say, oh, this position struggling, throw the rookie in, right? They might throw the rookie in, and we're all like. Okay, never mind. Bring the bring the, <laughs> yeah, but, bring hey, back the yeah, but if if you if you add everything together with this team, the expectations. Okay, nobody's saying they're going to go to the playoffs or do anything great this year. But yeah, why not see what you have? So going along those same lines, if you want to see what you've got now, um, you know we've had some injuries. Um, I say we. The Lions have had some injuries. Um, and you want to see some young players. Should we be seeing more of Levi Onzerike? More, and, and Akeem McNeil is starting, but you want to see more of those guys, a Brockers, a Monroe St. Brown, because yeah. you, we need to be able to evaluate, all right, does Brad Holmes, is he really this draft guru that can identify you know, guys that can come out and play? And, and I liked Melifon Wainu until he got hurt. I thought that his... Yeah. You know, the 50-yard catch by Devontae Adams, the coverage was there. It was an unstoppable throw. Yeah. I mean, watching it it right there, it was just a perfect throw. The coverage was tight, though. Yeah, yeah. the coverage was tight, and he had one where he was, you know, just didn't look back, but the ball hit him in the helmet. Yeah, hit him in the back of the helmet. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Ball attacks, man. I don't want to get off topic here, but I wanted to ask, like, some of my DB buddies, Yeah, how – not douchebag buddies, like defensive back buddies. Yeah, yeah. we all uh, have DB buddies. <laughs> we got, we got a bit of both, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, um, I want to ask those guys how hard it is 
to read the body language of a receiver and know when to get your head around because really through you look back at that big touchdown San Francisco scored it was awesome coverage by Jeff Okuda mm-hmm. he just never turned around you look well, so- at the Anzalone coverage on Robert Tanyan it was awesome coverage he never turned his head around and it's so easy to say oh my god if you just turn your head around that's a pick right yeah it's so easy to say that but I, I don't know how hard it is. It, like, it, it, obviously, me and you don't know. We've never well, played but that we position, don't know that position. But we do know, you know, anticipation. Like, right. you know, we played reading a decade. Body language, yeah, reading, reading body eyes. language, and and you've got to be able to have some of that anticipation. You've got to be able to now. If it's Melifon Wainu, and you know, he's a rookie, right? And yeah. this is all happening at a different speed than it happened in preseason, than it happened in mm-hmm. college. Now, Jeff Okuda, it's his second year. Now, he was hurt a little bit last year, but and I say all. All of these, you know, qualifiers—they're all excuses, right? And you and I both know it does take some time. You know, like when if we see Derek Barnes get in there and he doesn't perform well, it takes some time to be able to react, react at the speed at which the NFL plays right. at. And so you can't just judge a guy on one performance. And if they play poorly, you're not going to say, "Oh, he's a bust," right? Right. There's just yes, you don't well, you don't see many. We won't, but there's a lot of fans that will. Yes, but it's just unrealistic in my opinion to expect rookies to go out and just absolutely light it up year one you know there's going to be growing pains there's going to be flashes you certainly hope so mm-hmm. but there's going to be a lot of growing pains as well but yeah go just quickly going back to the young guys yeah I mean Levi was uh he was inactive week one uh you know he battled some injuries through preseason and training camp so he don't really know you know if that had a factor week one he did play last week um, had a couple nice reps in there, especially against the run. Uh, Lee McNeil only played maybe 20 snaps or so because the Packers just with their packages, they were running a lot of yeah. sub offense. You know, they, 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 we had a lot of nickel and dime on the field against them, but uh, he made a couple plays that were really encouraging as well. So um, I guess it's that fine line. You know, if you could remember back when you were a rookie, like it's that fine line of, okay, we want to develop these guys. We want to make sure they're ready because – you know, confidence is a real issue, right? If you send a young guy out there and they don't perform, you know, the first game or maybe they go through two, three-game stretch where having a rough time, that doubt starts to creep in a little bit and mm-hmm. you have to be a mentally tough dude, you know, to just keep your head down and just keep working. Just keep grinding. And, just and keep grinding, man. You do. It, it, there's a mental toughness um, and there's also the the feeling like you, you start to overcompensate. And, yeah, and you try to do too much. You try yeah. and do too much, and and I think we saw it in with Matt Nelson uh, against San Francisco, where he opens his hip and gives up a pressure, and then the next play he oversets, Overset, yeah, and somebody beats him inside. So it's it's overcompensation. I don't know yeah. what it means to overcompensate for uh, a defensive back. Um, I know what it means for some DBs, um, <laughs> but because uh, they they're DBs because they do overcompensate. Um, I, I want to shift focus just a little bit to the rest of the NFL, um, and when I look at you know just throughout two games. The biggest surprise to me, and maybe it shouldn't be, but in the NFC South, obviously nobody's surprised that Tampa's you know two and zero. Yeah, but Carolina two and zero with new quarterback, yeah, second Marlo, year yeah. um, you know head coach in Matt Rule. They are to me the surprise so far of the NFL. 
Is there anybody else that, that you would say, you know what, I didn't, I don't think we can include anybody in the NFC West because that's just a, a kick-ass division. And, you know, same with the AFC West. Out West, they've got some pretty good football yeah. right now. I mean, Any other surprises? Yeah, Vegas, I think. But is it really surprising? Because Vegas always seems to start hot. They do. <laughs> they somehow fizzle. But, yeah, that week one win they had against Baltimore was pretty damn impressive. It was, and you know, some people want to say Denver is is a surprise Denver, team, yeah. but I mean, they beat the Giants, they beat the Jags. Now, granted, both of those games were on the road, but both of those teams are zero two, and I don't know that anybody expects the Jags to to do much of anything different than they did last year, right? Uh, but I look at Carolina and I think, God, you know, and and there's, it's been impressive. It's obviously been, McCaffrey back, healthy, you know, made a difference too. But yeah, for I think that's kind of what. Lions fans at least give us hope is seeing a seeing guy a team like make Sam, a turnaround. Be right, seeing a guy like Sam Darnold, who you know was a high pick, got run out of his run out of his former team, not mm-hmm. a lot of success, goes down to Carolina. Now it's still a long season, but to see them at least have success, that gives I think that gives Lions hope. Lions fans hope that you know not to you know, at least let's see if Jared Goff can. Can do the same. Do the same. And, and the Lions he have is had a, a much tougher schedule. Well, the, Lions schedule the Lions schedule came out, and, and we always play the schedule game. And, and I tried to go through it, and it's hard for me when I go through the schedule. And there's a team that I want, I actually want to be successful. Right. Not to come up with a way to, to win every game, right? And, yeah. and you could say, well, okay, when they play um, you know, San Francisco. Well, you know what? San Francisco last year was a team with injuries. Jimmy G, is there, a, is there a possibility that the controversy at the quarterback position affects them? And you know, maybe you pencil that one as a win. Obviously, that didn't happen. And then you play week two, um, and you think, well, okay, all of the offseason drama with Aaron Rodgers and not, not being there, not knowing if he was going to retire. Is it going to be Jordan Love? Maybe that affects him. Obviously, that didn't work. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 just it's always that that thing that you run through and the schedule for the Lions, it doesn't get any easier because you got Baltimore and you keep going through it and you're like okay well maybe when they play Cincinnati yeah all right that that could be a, mean, a, a chance for a win I, I I think they split I think they split the season series with Minnesota and Chicago I mean I could see them. I don't know. Maybe about you know in in, in two weeks from now when we when home team go wins to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I could see the home teams pulling them out. I mean, just the way that like the Lions, Justin Fields just didn't look like, that good. He didn't look that good. And obviously, let's see how they play against a dual threat quarterback this week in Lamar Jackson. But hey, they played well against Trey Lance. Trey Lance didn't do much when he was in for the yeah. <laughs> four or five steps. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much <laughs> stock you could put yeah. into that, but yeah, but, I could. You know, they they seem like they would match up well against Chicago, just the style of football that wants to be played with running the ball. Uh, obviously, you know, having to stop the run. Um, that, that I mean, I wouldn't – let's see how this week goes. Maybe it's a different tone next week. I think I might call my shot and say the Lions got a chance to go to Chicago and get the first win. I just you, don't you know heard why. It here. I'm, 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 they play uh, tough against Chicago. I, I could, I could see that happening. So here's what happens in in the the audio industry, whether it's radio or broadcast or, or podcast. Um, people are going to take that and they're going to say T.J. Lang guaranteed a win not, against not against Chicago. I could see it. I could see a scenario. <laughs> I heard it. Where it I happens. heard it. I could see a scenario where it happens. Uh, yeah, but you know. <sighs> 
shoot, man, they got a chance. They got a what chance. What other surprises have there really been? I mean, two weeks. Is, two weeks. It's hard to it's say such that a there's small surprise. sample size. I mean, you know, you could look at uh, Kansas City losing in September. Yeah, the, uh, Patrick I mean, Mahomes throwing an interception in September. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> losing for the first time happened. ever. Um, you look at. I mean, you know, I never feel bad for this team, but look at the Vikings' first two games. You know, they lose in overtime week one, and then <laughs> comes down to a kicker. Week, they miss a thirty-seven Damn yard kickers. field goal. By the way, oh man, did you hear that? Did you hear the call from their play-by-play guy? I did. It was oh. amazing. He thought that they had hit it, and he was celebrating he the win. Was going hard too, and then then on top of it, you hear the post game, <laughs> and Zimmer thinks that that one was was, was basically automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was thought it was going to be an easy one. Yeah, I just <laughs> how yeah. much God. Poor How many kicker. times have kickers screwed your teams in your career? Points. For me, not much. I mean, I was lucky to play with Mason Crosby for a while, and Matt Prater was, you know, pretty damn automatic, yeah. too. So God, that's the last. I mean, when you're a team, that's why, you know, and I don't want to get into this conversation, but when they didn't re-sign Matt Prater, it was like, okay, you could kind of understand it, right? But at the same time, you're like, if you're the Lions, you know they're, you, the the wins might be limited this year. The, Where are you going to get your points? The games that you do have a chance to win, do you want to? Do you want the kicker to be the one to cost you? You know what I mean? Like if we're in a battle and it's twenty to twenty, you know we're down twenty-one twenty. We got a forty-five yarder to win, yeah. and I don't know. I mean, Cybert, you know, he's been okay so far, but. Uh, yeah, yeah it's just, you don't want you don't you don't ever want to skimp out on a kicker. I feel like that's an easy position to say, oh, we'll just replace it. But the good ones, so I mean, the good ones will win you some games. All right, let's just before we end this, uh, I will talk. We'll, let's talk kickers because Cybert's a kicker right now. We've already seen what four times now, Dan Campbell go for it on fourth and one. Yeah, where you could have put three points on the board. Mm-hmm. So if if Prater's your kicker. And now I know, you know, he wasn't automatic last year. Yeah. But he's one still one of the better kickers in the NFL. That's twelve points. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the twelve points, it's momentum, it's leads, it's 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 the opportunity to put points on the board on drives and walking off the field or jogging off the field, whatever you want to do, it's knowing that you came away with something. Yeah. Fourth and one on the amount of times that, that they've done it, do you think Dan Campbell makes a different choice? If Prater's the kicker as opposed to uh, to Cybert, no, I don't. I don't. I, and I think it's because a you look at the teams that they faced. Uh, field goals aren't going to beat the San Francisco. They're yeah. not going to beat the Niners. They're not going to beat the Packers. Now, maybe you could make a case against Green Bay where the score was twenty-one to twenty. You know, you had the ball at the twenty-five yard line, I believe. Maybe just to get that game, you know, mm-hmm. just get a little bit of juice back, but. Uh, no, I don't think it would be. It would have been any different. Now, let's see how you know when they play Cincinnati or when they play if they're in a tight game against Chicago. I could see him taking the points because games like that you need the points. But you know, in his defense, field goals will not beat teams that can put up thirty-five points. No, and and I do. I, I want to make a promise to our listeners. Um, talking about kickers. It's not something we're yeah, going to do on a regular we'll, basis. We'll knock that one out week one, and yeah, week we'll one, let that we, simmer we, we check that box. Um, but uh, it, make sure, <laughs> as you you know, if you like what you hear, um, tell your friends. Make sure you subscribe so that this ends up uh, on on 
on your feed every single time. We're going to come at you once a week during the football season. We are going to talk more than just football when we get to the offseason. We're going to talk more than just the Detroit Lions. We've got the NFL uh, that we're going to continue to talk about. For TJ Lang, I'm John Jansen. You've been listening to Necessary Roughness.